listening to Phanalysis, a science fiction and fantasy TV podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Supergirl, episode 208, Medusa, and the Heroes vs. Aliens crossover titled Invasion. And I have to take issue with the fact that it's called Heroes vs. Aliens, because one of the heroes is an alien. But anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> My name is Chris. Good point. I'm Annie. And I'm Stephanie. This episode will definitely contain spoilers for episode 208 of Supergirl, and it may contain spoilers for the invasion episodes of Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, and The Flash. So what did you think of the Supergirl episode and the crossover, Annie? I thought the Supergirl episode was pretty good. Um, I think in in general, it's kind of colluding to the point where there's almost too many heroes and too many super people running around. So I was much more interested in Alex's journey of wanting to tell everybody that she's out instead of James and Wynne telling everybody, hey, we're vigilantes, but... Well, that was all James was in the episode. Like, that was hardly even a thing. That's true. That's true. But I really loved seeing Eliza Danvers again and her helping to save the day and her being the best mom ever to Alex. And yeah, I would have liked more Kara in the episode. More Supergirl. Hence where I think there's almost too many subplots and too many characters. And her and Monal, eh. But overall, I thought it was pretty enjoyable, and it was a good lead-in to The Flash. What did you guys think? Well, what did you think of the crossover first? Oh, what did I think of the crossover? Well, okay, first up, I don't watch Arrow or Flash or Legends of Tomorrow. I know what the premise is a little bit. I've watched, like, the first six episodes of Arrow, like, two years ago, and a few episodes of The Flash, and that's it. So... It was good from someone who doesn't know hardly anything that, as you guys mentioned to me, The Flash mostly explained a lot of it, who was who. Um, the crossover was okay. Uh, I don't think it quite balanced everybody quite well. I would have liked to have seen Supergirl actually do more stuff and not be mansplained by Oliver. That really pissed me off. Yeah, and it was it was good. It was enjoyable seeing everybody because I don't, again, watch these shows, but... I don't know. I, I can't quite put my finger on the improvements that needed to be made, but I'm sure you guys will expound on it. Oh, we have thoughts. <laughs> no, I know this tell. is the thing. Chris and I work together, so we've pretty much spent the last week and a half-ish just, like, hashing out all of these episodes <laughs> well, way too much. It's not been quite that long. Maybe it has for Supergirl, but it took Stephanie a little while to... Make herself watch Arrow. Because <laughs> darn Arrow. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that it doesn't... I'm like, why do you have to be so cute, Oliver? But you're such a jerky face. Uh, doesn't excuse it. Uh, yeah. Well, how about you, Chris? That's on Supergirl first and then the crossover. I enjoyed Medusa a lot. For me, this is sort of the balance of character storylines I want. But I do want more for Kara. Because poor Kara, after the first couple episodes with her, you know, I'm going to be a reporter now storyline, she's kind of gotten shifted into a role of supporting all of the other characters in their storylines, which I... Though I did think that in this episode, she was driving the plot line a lot more than she had in previous episodes. I will say that. Hmm. A little bit. But I just... 
you know, I totally don't mind it for Alex's storyline because that's, I mean, that was a big setup in season one is it's, it's the two of them supporting one another. I am completely here for that, as the kids say. <laughs> and I just, this whole business with Mono, as, as people who have listened to us know, it's just, it's driving me bonkers. But I, blah, as you would say, I'm kidding. No, I'm not. What? You know when you go blah because you mess up a line. Is that what it's doing to you? Uh, perhaps a bit. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was better in this episode, but I just I I want Kara to have a storyline that isn't about trying to make Monel a better person. You know? Right. Yeah. I don't need to see that story again. Anyway. So I, I enjoyed it. And of course, having Eliza back, I am kind of thrilled about it. And I thought it was sort of a nice callback a little bit to the first season's Thanksgiving episode. There are a lot of parallels between them, I feel like, because that also had a storyline about Alex coming out to her mother and sort of like a new understanding between the two of them. I just I think it's nice. I rewatched last season's Thanksgiving episode after this one just to, like, I remember what happened, but I want to see it again with new new eyes, if you will. So I like that. I, some of the stuff felt a little weird. There was the reveal that they had cured Jean after several episodes of buildup about this thing that's happening to him. And uh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm glad that it's resolved, but uh, with like two lines of dialogue seems not okay. Anyway, I enjoyed it overall. Invasion, though, I, I found underwhelming. And as Annie sort of mentioned, unbalanced. Because why so much Oliver and, and Barry? I like Barry tons, but why not feature the newer shows, right? They got sidelined in their own, I just, the poor legends of tomorrow, gang. Yeah. How about you, Stephanie? Well, I think I probably, of the three of us, liked the the Supergirl episode the best because I love Lena Luthor so much. Like, I, I just, I love, I love her so much. I couldn't tell. It, I can't believe I didn't mention Lena Luthor because poor Stephanie has listened to me talk her ear off about Lena Luthor for, for weeks now. Because Lena Luthor is great and I just, I love Katie McGrath's apparent inability not to just gaze at Kara or Supergirl <laughs> just longingly. <laughs> I was re-watching the Thanksgiving episode today and, and you know, like, Supergirl flies into the, onto her balcony and she pops inside the door like, you know that's not an entrance, right? Like, she looks so excited. <laughs> like, well, there could be smoochies. Like... <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but... She got pretty excited. She was, she was quite happy to see her. Well, she did have a real deer-in-the-headlights look when Kara showed up and, you know, and saved when she, her. And when Kara was battling Cyborg Superman, yeah. she was just was gazing at her like, oh no, my precious tropical fish might be hurt the way that we all gaze at Kara. You know, it's true. Fish. Where do you get that? It's a Parks and Recreation reference. Ah. <sighs> Because Leslie Nope refers to her best friend Ann Perkins as a number of creative, complimentary things, including beautiful tropical fish. Oh. fish. So I just, I loved Lena Luther being there, the weird kind of flirtiness between her and Kara. She does and kind of always seem to be swooning, doesn't she? Yes. And Kara, 
I don't know if it's, inten- I don't think it's intentional at all, but she's kind of a little bit flirty back. She's at least a little, looks a little flustered sometimes when they're talking because she did this whole, oh, it's nice to see you right before she left her office. <laughs> like, Kara, uh, is that, uh, mm, I don't know. I don't think Kara's doing it intentionally. <laughs> Lena, I feel like, is 100% on board. Like, yes, I am flirting with you. <laughs> but. <laughs> But anyhow, so I loved Lena Luther. I love Lena Luther being a freaking sassy, bad meh, person. Like, I just, I loved her moment with her mother. She's like, and I called the police. <laughs> <laughs> that moment was so great. And, it was. you know, I, I tweeted just no context, but I knew it. <laughs> and so I, I somebody responded with, like, I assume that's about Lena Luther. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It totally is. So I loved Lena. I thought the storyline with Alex was great. The more I see of Alex, the more I think it me when I look on screen. I just I keep there's more about me and Alex that are the same that I keep realizing. And it's it's compelling for me because I'm self-involved. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like frustrating about the Monel stuff. Like she can't really be interested in him. Can he? Can she? But and then they didn't resolve it, so that was kind of disappointed. Pointing, and then the crossover, like what the heck? That kind of felt like a big waste of time. No offense, I love you, Barry, but Oliver. Uh, I'm just confirmed. I think Oliver is the worst. I know there are people out there who watch Arrow, but I, I do not like Oliver at all. I really should not watch Arrow. How dare he be so rude to our sweet, precious Kara? I, I mean, ugh. go brood in the corner. Well, in regards to some of the more specific plot points of the Supergirl episodes, besides the fact that Lena Luthor is awesome and... What else is there? (laughs) (laughs) I just, I like her so much. I'm I'm sorry to be so gushy, but I like her so much. Anyhow, I, I was really, like you mentioned, Chris, I was really frustrated that they kind of resolved the storyline that they've been building for Jean turning into a white Martian in one line. It's like, oh, and by the way, I fixed things now. That felt like they didn't really fulfill on some dramatic potential that could have really been a good storyline for him. I mean, they could have even drawn that out over the course of the next episode, you know, with maybe a storyline of Eliza working on something. Right. While while Jean worries that he might continue to turn, you know what I mean? Like, they could have done more with it. You're all, wait, I was able to find the cure, and it also turns Jean back into a green Martian. I'm all, how can that... I'll be in the city. And I can do it within 20 minutes, you know? Yeah. yeah. And Sci- Science does not work that fast, unfortunately. And and I was like, for me, I was like, well, what happens to McGon? She's just going to sit there in a cell? I was more intrigued by I know, the relationship I'm between so... her and John. And I want to see more of that. Uh, well, I, I don't think that it's it's impossible McGon will be back. Uh, but yeah, it did feel like there was more there to be had sort of drama wise by having Jean realizing what was happening to him and McGon feeling bad about it and them talking about it and it just kind of went away poof like with science magic I mean I'm sure McGon's going to be back because they right. did leave her locked in the DEO yeah. but I'm annoyed that they just didn't even mention that fact mm-hmm. <laughs> like they didn't mention her at all this episode and I just <sighs> well yeah. it feels it's annoying where I think icky it's to me it's one of those things where, oh, we have to wrap it up and because we're going to have our, you know, mid-season break or whatever, and we can't have any loose threads, and there's so many different plot things, so we'll just wrap this one up that could have had more drama with two lines. And that annoys me when that happens. Especially when they give more 
more screen time to the storyline of whether or not Monel likes Kara. Oh, I just hate those. And then the camera <laughs> focuses on both of them as they look away, and I'm like, "Come on, show you're better than this." It's just, ugh. This has been done a million times, and it's as you say, unfulfilling. Well, and I was pleased that when. Kara's mom was telling her, oh, I think he has a crush on you, that Kara actually went and asked him, like, by the way, do you have a crush on me? Like, she tried to be kind of confrontational about it. But ultimately, you know, when he, you know, kisses her and reveals his feelings, blah, 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 she tries to ask him about it again. But because she's Kara, she's nice and she doesn't really press him on the issue when it's obvious he doesn't remember. And that just kind of felt like, but no, she was being proactive and that was making me happy. But then she wasn't. So that that was very much a, a frustrating moment for me. Well, I mean, to be fair, when she was proactive and confrontational about it before, he laughed in her face. <laughs> so I could see maybe not wanting to relive that, but... Well, but now she has more ammo. Like, you said this before, however. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you kind of kissed me, so I think maybe you weren't being truthful earlier. But if somebody See? does that, would you – It's just I'd, I'd leave it alone. She like, was willing to, though. I don't want to be though. with you anyway. She was willing to, though, because she brought it up with him. But I then she I spared know. his feelings because Kara is nice. I know. Sometimes, Darn it, Kara. You're sometimes too nice. Too sometimes. nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm kind of like, see, you notice I'm not contributing to this part. Just, my whole feeling is meh. <laughs> you know, about that storyline. But Stephanie and I are like, go talk to Lita, who seems to be a lot more forthcoming with her feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, let's I was have watching- some more Danvers on the couch stuff. Danvers sisters stuff. I was watching the episode with with my partner, and when Monel smooched Kara, she burst out and said, "No, no, <laughs> Lena." <laughs> uh, that's funny. I, I should also mention, I jokingly, jokingly, mind you, said something about you know, tone it down, Katie McGrath, and especially Shut immediately. Face. <laughs> Shut your face! Immediately said that to me, and I am still laughing about it. Katie McGrath, you are doing perfectly. Keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) I do agree with that, by the way. I said it jokingly. Okay. (laughs) Stephanie got so mad at me, though. (laughs) (laughs) But, and and I should be clear, like, I'm not actually, I'm like fake shipping Lena and Kara. I don't think it's actually going to happen, but they're like, Chris and I were saying they're, they're, if you followed our Lost Girl podcast, they are like our new hot pants list where <laughs> we're pretty sure it's not going to be a thing, uh, but we, we, we still enjoy it anyhow. <laughs> I enjoy you guys fake shipping. It's more than it's crack fun. shipping, but it's less than actual yeah. end game shipping. Yes. Mm, yeah. As the kids say. But speaking of end game shipping. We did have finally some some reciprocated Maggie and Alex smoochies. And it was a pretty sweet scene, though I I kind of giggled a little bit because, you know, Maggie comes over to her apartment and is like, I'm taking this opportunity. I'm seizing the moment because I almost died. I'm like, you had a two inch scratch on your shoulder, woman. Hey, it looked kind of <laughs> severe when it happened. And still, I was like, but but yeah, one, one part of me was like three days ago and, and someone actually did a. I think it was a crack vid or something about, yeah, I think it was a crack yeah. vid that, um. Two days later, <laughs> yeah. I want to be with you. <laughs> Two days ago. Well, you're a baby gay and someone fresh off the boat and, you know, you should just go out and explore your feelings. Two days later, I almost died. Come here. We should kiss the woman we want to kiss. And I'm like, Ugh. 
the timeline's a little eh, but okay. She got a scratch, so she's forgiven. I'm so annoyed with people being like, it was a scratch, and she she didn't almost die. I'm like, <laughs> okay, but she got zapped by a super being. Exactly. It's not nothing. It, it, you I'm know, not if making he... fun of Maggie so much as I'm making fun of the teeny tiny wound they gave her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, had had he aimed slightly over from where he did, it she could, could have just, almost. She could have. I died. just wish they had upped the wound in the. Oh well, yeah, I would have like, liked no, that. She needs you an attractive know, wound, so <sighs> you know, just a tiny little scratch will do. But they could have upped the wound a little bit to give it give the situation a little more gravitas. <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe they already partially healed it at the DEO. Oh, because they have fancy healing technology. Well, you know, I, know. I mean, it might have been just Alex's. She does have, you know, I mean, I did love the, you know, Sanford's crack vid when they're showing that scene and they're playing the Grey's Anatomy theme. It's pretty funny. She's got a magic touch. She has doctor experience somewhere in her DEO experience. Yeah, I love how suddenly it's Alex stitching her up. Well, how does she know how to do that? No. Oh, well. Well, haven't they shown her ha- having some kind of medical background yes. before? Yes. Yeah. Well, I watched the pilot again recently, and I thought it was like bioengineering or something. Why did she say she was? I do think it is actually more of a like research type of type of degree that she has, but yeah. But they've shown her doing medical type stuff before. They have. I mean, I'm sure that there's some sort of like first aid training Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the DEO. (laughs) It just it just makes practical sense you know of course they bring maggie and i'm sure alex is like i volunteer and and speaking of of lost girl as i was earlier did did y'all pizza and beer pizza and beer with pizza and beer it's like she took a took a page from lauren lewis's book of lady game (laughs) (laughs) i need to seduce someone pizza and beer (laughs) didn't she only do that once though twice (laughs) what was the other time she okay. There was the hot pants list. She brought pizza and beer to Crystal, and then there was the pizza and beer situation with Ebony. I thought Ebony was the one who brought the pizza and beer. I'm just saying, she pizza it, and beer she, works on a girl. That's what she's saying. But it wasn't uh, Ebony who who smooched Lauren. It was the other way around. I'm just saying, Laura Lauren seizes her opportunities, which seem to involve pizza and beer. So what you're saying is that Maggie watches Lost Girl. I think so. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I'm really excited about that possibility now. Somebody draw like a fan art where they're watching Lost Stanford is watching Lost Girl. Like Docubus Sex. That'd be great. Glorious high def, (laughs) Annie. Yes. (laughs) Also, though, that whole exchange with Maggie and Alex and the seeming sudden reversal on Maggie's part. I kind of don't know why they gave or why they they the writers I mean gave Maggie that speech about I almost died and it's made me reconsider things but it's less about that I mean from my perspective than it was about that conversation that they had as Alex was stitching her up right I agree yeah cuz Alex is like thank you for what you said before you're right I'm in a different headspace now and that to me was the signal to Maggie. <laughs> uh, now is point. a good time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ding ding ding! Before well, not such I just, a good time. I really appreciate the writing because it's you know as you, as you were saying, Stephanie, you keep seeing yourself, but to me, it's the most realistic kind of organic writing I've seen in a character's journey of coming out, and I really appreciate it. So, 
yeah, when she's saying I'm in a different space now and I'm happy with where I am, I'm all, yeah, that's kind of me too. So I think the timeline is a little accelerated, a.k.a. three days later, but, you know, it happens. I guess it happens. Yeah, I, I do wish they'd maybe put a little more distance between the rejection and then them getting together just for it feeling a bit more realistic. But at the same time, I, I agree with you, Chris. I think there was never this indication that Maggie wasn't interested. It was that she was worried that things would just go really poorly because Alex seemed to be put basically putting all of her lesbian eggs into Maggie's basket. You know, like, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And so, that's you know, it's so added- wrong, Stephanie. <laughs> I know. No, that, that that's was what I was going for. <laughs> it, but, you know, I, as as devastating as it might have been for, for Maggie to kind of be like, I like you, but not right now in that way, I, I do think that had they gotten together and it not working out, like that could have maybe even been worse for Alex. Mm. So, you know, I, I think Maggie had a point in doing what she did. It's just, I, yeah, I agree with you, though, Eddie. I kind of wish there was more distance between the rejection and them getting together. Well, it was interesting. But that, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. TV. Yeah. It's, it's TV. TV. Yeah, I had that. But it was interesting because what you just said, Stephanie, I had to process in true lesbian fashion the rejection and to go, wait, does Maggie really, is she just saying that or does she still have feelings for her? And it took me a while to figure it out that she did have feelings for her. She just wanted to spare Alex any she wanted her to figure herself out for, you know, and to just be sure about her decision. Well, I mean, if you listen to what she says, she's not saying no. She's saying yeah. not now. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're in different places. <laughs> but yeah, I am super curious if there is like an overachieving only child on the staff writing team, because I, I'm just like, it's me. This is me. <laughs> Alex keeps saying things that are in my brain. What is happening? So, yeah. I- <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, it was funny. I hadn't really thought of Alex as an only child because she has Kara, who's her sister. But you know, Kara didn't come along until she was in her, t- you know, early teens or preteen type age. So for she was raised basically as an only child. So it would make sense that that kind of speaks to me as an only child, and we might have similar journeys through through our lives and kind of looking at the world the same way and our parents' expectation of us and that sort of stuff. Now, did you go back and? watch the first season Thanksgiving episode? Okay. No. (laughs) I just want to check because there is stuff in there too that they they sort of touch on this theme in that episode too because it is a lot about Alex and and her sort of what she's internalized about the way she should be or her parents' expectations or, you know, there's a lot of that stuff Mm -hmm. in that episode too. I am going to go back and watch season one. I just haven't had time. One thing that did stand out to me on rewatch that kind of makes me go, hmm, is it felt like they were featuring Alex drinking a lot in the episode. I noticed that too. Yeah. Okay. Is that a thing from previous seasons or is this a new thing? I don't remember it being a thing. Because she was stressed about coming out. So, yeah. I thought so too. But but she was still drinking at the end of the episode after everything had happened. Yeah, it showed her having a glass of like scotch or whiskey or some sort of, you know, brown liquor before 
Maggie came over with beer. And, like, the, her first thing that she does in the episode is she steals a beer from, I think it was from Wynn. And then, like, Kara takes the beer away from her and puts it in the in the freezer. And then we see Alex, like, sneak and she actually pulls out a bottle of, like, whiskey instead out of the freezer to get a drink. And, and yeah, I kind of thought the first time through it was because she was nervous about telling her mom. But the fact that they still showed her drinking at the end of the episode made me think, are they setting up something for her? Hmm. Hmm, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. I just thought she was overly stressed and then relieved. But that would be interesting if they said something else. Well, see, I did the first time I watched it, but on rewatch, mm. it's like, nah, this seems kind of weird. And my dad even commented on it the first time he watched it. He was, hmm. actually, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he, he commented on it. So even my dad noticed. <laughs> but anyway, it was just something that stood out. Maybe it's nothing, but I'm curious if they're setting up something with that. Maybe her having some issues with alcohol. I hope not. She can't. She's too perfect. <laughs> you guys can go on about Lena. I'll go on about Alex. <sighs> oh, I like Alex too. I, it's not that I, I don't. I dislike Alex, but okay. So yeah. Lena's just. I don't know. She's new and shiny, I suppose. That's true. <laughs> and I find Katie McGrath very charming. <laughs> I haven't been able to tell all week. <laughs> You're so subtle, Stephanie. <laughs> <sighs> But I guess just to talk briefly about the the crossover episode, I, I think my big disappointment with it was it it felt like a whole point of doing a crossover is so that you have characters who don't usually get to interact because they're separated on different shows. You have that opportunity to have them interact, and it feels like they barely did any of that. And I, I, some people were talking about it beforehand, and I think maybe we even mentioned it in our last episode, you know, with Alex just having come out, it would have been really cool to have Alex and Sarah Lance from Legends of Tomorrow mm. have a conversation. Yummy. So Sarah's such a confident, <laughs> out, queer woman, you know, that would have been really cool. And Chris, you were telling me that about a line of dialogue that apparently they cut. There was an interview with, it was one of the executive producers of one of the shows, and he was talking about how there was originally in one of the episodes an exchange in the, in the script. I think he said they didn't even get to film it, but there had been ex an exchange between Kara and Sarah where Sarah basically says something like, you know, you want to go get a coffee after this? And Kara's, Kara says, hmm, I think you might like my sister or something like this. There's something that <laughs> makes reference to her sister. And I was telling Stephanie this, and Stephanie's like, but that's what you should be doing in one of these crossovers. <laughs> like, that is, that's what makes these fun. And that's true. It's true. But instead, we get a lot of Oliver brooding. Yeah. I'm just going to call him like they were green leather broody pants. I don't know. They are clearly very comfortable with having the characters who already existed within the same universe interact with each other. Cause, you know, you had Felicity and, and Cisco. They had a pretty large storyline together. And of course, Oliver and Barry always have a lot of talkie talkie together and like Martin and, and, and Killer Frost. What's her name? Shoot. Caitlin. Caitlin. They had some time together. So, you know, it felt like they were comfortable with people who originated from you know, the Flash universe or who originated from the Arrow universe, it was okay with them. But they had a really hard time putting Kara kind of into the mix and having her interact with these new people in new ways. She mostly interacted with Barry, who was the one person she knew. Yep. Yeah, I was really disappointed at 
Not just the way Oliver talked to her, but how sidelined and how much she wasn't in the second part, or the last part in particular. And, I, you know, in the big battle, and I'm all, that's it? But she's Supergirl. I really wish they had brought over at least Alex from Supergirl into the subsequent episodes. I really wish they had brought more characters over from Supergirl to interact with the other characters on the other series. Because I assume they go- they're going to want to do more of these. They like doing the crossovers between the different DC shows. And they really need to form more relationships between characters on Supergirl and characters in these other shows if they want to do these effectively. Alex mm-hmm. and Jean, I feel like, would have been the perfect choices to yeah. bring over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think another kind of missed opportunity was having Iris and Kara talk to each other. Because here we have Kara, at least the beginning of the season, kind of struggling with, I want to be a reporter, I want to do this, but I also want to balance being Supergirl and and doing these things. Iris is doing just that. She's a reporter, but she also has this relationship with The Flash and having that as part of her world. So I I think it would have been great to have a conversation between the two of them. Mm Yep. It just, it felt like a lot of missed opportunities. And I'm hoping the plan is to save it for the next time they do one of the crossovers. I I don't know. It's like, were they planning on saving some of this stuff? I don't know. Well, what was the other... Have you guys read any other feedback from people in general? Did they like the crossover? Or? I don't know. Yeah. The stuff I've seen on Tumblr is is from people who tend to have similar outlooks as mine, which is why I follow them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's hard to tell what the general consensus is. Right. It does feel, it felt a little bit like bad timing on their part, because like you were saying, you, you were telling me, Chris, that the the Arrow episode that was part of the crossover was the 100th episode. Right. Which that is a really poor time to try to incorporate characters from other series, because you really just want to have all the characters ever from that show featured in the 100th episode, which is what they tried to do. Yeah, I could not figure out what was going on with that episode as part of the crossover until I read that it was the 100th episode. And then I went, oh, okay. I see what they're doing now. But yeah, it's weird timing. I don't know why they decided to do them at the same time. Unless it was just a matter of, you know, that being when all the production schedules worked out where they could do it. I mean, I just, it it seems like a really weird choice. Mm-hmm. And I, and like you said, I felt really bad for the legends of tomorrow characters because it felt like they were barely in their own episode. Like that episode ended with Barry and Oliver talking, uh, ra- writers, those two characters aren't main characters on legends of tomorrow. Yeah, I hate to break yeah, it to you, I but <laughs> I know it's like, couldn't you at least not have sent Sarah off at, before that? You know what I mean? Like, at least let her stick around because it's her show. <laughs> it's not even her show, but at least she's on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. But And like you, Chris, I really like Barry. I think he's a sweet guy and I quite like him as a character. So it's not that I have anything necessarily against Barry. But, you know, when you have a really nice, diverse cast, especially when you combine all of these shows together, it's kind of a bummer that we spent so much time talking about, you know, the two straight white dudes. Yeah. And apparently this is known as the Flaro-verse, at least in fandom or something, because Flash and Arrow, like those are the two origin shows, which I get, but yeah, you really shouldn't be ending an episode of Legends of Tomorrow with Barry and Oliver sitting in a bar. 
It seems weird. They could have at least thrown Sarah in there, like you said. Kicking their behinds at darts or something. Because <laughs> throwing stars. Never mind. <laughs> I will say, because I don't, I don't typically watch Arrow, and I'm way behind in both The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, I did really enjoy the fight sequences, especially on Arrow. Like, they do have really cool fight sequences on Arrow, so props for them. And... The especially the moment where Thea like shot an arrow over to Sarah, then she stabbed the guy with it. Like that was really cool. I mean, Sarah grabbed an arrow <laughs> out of the air. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Although as I'm watching it, I'm like, that's highly unlikely. <laughs> Clearly, you Whatever. guys have it's not Sarah watched. Land. She could do anything. <laughs> <laughs> she did come back from the dead, so you know, whatever. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's get not get too nitpicky now. But it's what I do. I can't I can't stop it. I wish I could, believe me. <laughs> if you have thoughts that you'd like to share about either Supergirl episode 208 Medusa or the giant DC TV show crossover invasion, subtitle Heroes vs. Aliens, which is also inaccurate, <laughs> please send them to us. <laughs> you can do so in a number of ways. You can send us an email at feedback at askgenretv.com. You can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. You can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter at askgenretv. Fanalysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. We have podcasts on Lost Girl, Orphan Black, Killjoys, and a few other things. You can check them all out at AskGenreTV.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm just saying that it seems like nobody told Katie McGrath that Supergirl's supposed to be the one with the heat vision. Also, nobody tell her. Never change Katie McGrath. <laughs>